Well, the Penguins are off today, but as usual for this podcast, the content does not stop there. We have practice updates for the Penguins today, including a big one on Teddy Bluger. We're going to preview the game against New Jersey on Thursday. Plus, go into some more trade targets, see if a couple names that have popped up recently make sense. They don't make sense, go into their numbers a little bit, contract, all that stuff. That's all coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to this Tuesday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. A little messy. I'm just a bit back here. I'm back in my normal spot today for recording. So, you know, camera's better. And just, you know, I, I much prefer this setup um, to say the least. But Penguins, of course, they are off on Tuesday. They'll be off until Thursday when they'll get the New Jersey Devils for the, the fourth and final time this year. The Penguins have won the previous two. Uh, two. Um, the Devils, of course, beat them back in Pittsburgh early in the season. I have a full preview of that um, coming up a little bit later. But first, there was you know big news today out of Penguins practice, and that was Teddy Bluger returning to the ice with his teammates, skating in a non-contact capacity. So still a little bit ways away. He'll probably be full contact, maybe within a week or something like that. But it's still huge that he's you know he's nearing the end. Um, of his injury here up with the broken jaw. Um, this is a player that the Penguins badly miss. Um, he is basically the glue that keeps that shutdown line together. Because if you take him away, sure, Aston Reese is good defensively, but if you put him on any other line or give him other line mates, it, it's it's not going to look the same. We all saw how good the line was with Bluger, Aston Reese, and Tanev last year. You know, when Bluger was there, you know, it, it, offensively they were still driving play and defensively they were shutting down whoever Mike Sullivan, you know, was putting them out there against. Now with him out of the lineup, it just, you know, the lines are all jumbled. I, I like Brian Boyle as a player. I think he's, you know, impressed at times. Dominic Simone has been mostly okay, but you know, that fourth line is definitely a big drop off from, you know, the one that has Brock McGinn and Zach Aston Reese to, um, you know, flanking Teddy. So getting him back is going to be so crucial um, you know, also for the penalty kill, I think the PK has also dropped off um, a little bit. I saw this stat, I think, from Bob Grove that said since Bluger went out, the PK has dropped, well, not dropped overall, but the PK, you know, just in that small sample size has only been around, I think, 75 to 80%. And before that, it was around 90 to 95%. Um, it was, it's just a huge swing, you know, and, and all it takes is that one bottom six player to come out of the lineup. And then, you know, the, the, the struggles mount. And, you know, I know the team has won four of their last six games that are playing mostly fine, uh, I would say. But this is still a player that the team badly needs back. And I'm just really thankful that he is already practicing with the team. And hopefully the return is coming within a couple of weeks, if not sooner. Um, that, that would be great. Um, Zach Ashton Reese did not practice today. I believe it is a maintenance day. For him, according to Mike Sullivan, so I'm sure he will be fine for the game against New Jersey. Um, speaking of New Jersey, Dougie Hamilton, he's been practicing. He will be playing on Thursday 
um, against the Penguins per Lindy Ruff. He's been banged up a little bit um, lately. And uh, I don't, I actually do not believe he played um, in the last matchup. So um, that's going to be a big return or a big boost, I should say, uh, for New Jersey, even though they haven't been good this year. He's still one of the premier defensemen in the NHL. But that was really the big update out of Penguins practice today. Everyone else was present and accounted for. Only one, of course, that was not, as I said, Aston Reese. And then Jason Zucker, I see, still rehabbing from his hernia injury. So, I mean, once Bluger comes back, I mean, they're only going to be down Jason Zucker. And, and you know, I think the lineup decision when Bluger comes back, I personally think it's going to be Simone that comes out, though I would not be surprised if it is Boyle. Honestly, as long as they, I think they can reunite that Bluger, Aston Reese, McGinn trio. Um, I, I don't really mind if Simone is on the third line or anything like that until Jason comes back. You know, if, if you wanted to do a, say, a Simone Carter Rodriguez third line or something like that, and you can put Heinen with Malkin and Kapanen up there, even though he's not been good. I mean, I guess that's fine for the time being. But, you know, when Jason Zucker comes back, and eventually that is going to happen, remember. Um, I, I think that it, they might do like some, a combination of Zucker with Malkin and Heinen and then move Kapanen down. But, you know, in a perfect world, I would want Kapanen kind of out of the lineup just because he's not been good this year. You know, I've seen no evidence that he's going to turn it around either. So Penguins are definitely going to have their options, especially you know, leading up to the deadline and, you know, when a couple of these injured players come back. I mean, there's going to be, I think, some tough decisions that Mike Sullivan is going to have to make, and I'm really curious to see um, what he does, uh, to say the least. You know, again, you know, I'm, I'm glad that Simone and Boyle have been playing fine, but, you know, as I was talking to Doug Lackey uh, on my episode on, on Monday, in case some of you all have not listened to it, you know, I think a player like Boyle would be exposed against a team like Carolina just because he doesn't have the foot speed to keep up with those players. I mean, you know, he's a, he's a big body. I know he has a long reach. He's okay along the boards and all that. But, you know, skating-wise, he's just not going to keep up with how deep Carolina is and with how fast they play, especially in transition. You know, they burned the Penguins a couple of times on Sunday. I just I, – I personally think that would be a, a big mistake. Um, in my opinion, if you were to be iced um, in that series, if, if you want to maybe ice them against the New York Rangers and injuries, you know, allow it, go ahead. But, you know, still, I know I said a couple of weeks ago, I wouldn't mind if he would be in the playoff lineup, but I still think, you know, in a perfect world or, or you know, in a world, obviously in a world without any injuries for this team, he is the 13th or 14th forward. And, you know, I think the team will be better off for it. I'm at that point. And I, and I know a lot of the players, um, respect him to say the least so um i think that basically covers it from today's practice notes the the line otherwise the lines were the same bluger didn't really take a lot of line rushes he's not going to start doing that until he takes full contact they still have a couple of days until the carolina not carolina game until the new jersey game maybe he's full contact against um in practice on wednesday and is able to go on thursday i, I doubt it I mean, that's just my take um i think there's the potential that he could come back in one of the back-to-back -back games this weekend against the Rangers um, and the Blue Jackets. The Penguins have a lot of Metro games coming up. Um, that's going to be um, one on Saturday and then one on Sunday. So uh, three games and four nights kind of thing for the Penguins coming up. You know, if he's able to come back again within within two weeks or you know less than that, hell, we, even within a week, um, it's just it's going to solve I think a lot of the Penguins' problems because um, he's just a player that. Um, 
I, I shouldn't say is unreplaceable, but you know, he's a player that it's you can easily see that the team is worse without him in the lineup. So I'm really glad that he is practicing. That wraps up this first segment of the show. Had to get in some some practice notes, um, thoughts on some of the lines and all that. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to preview the game against the New Jersey Devils. And then later on in the show, we're going to get to some trade targets that have been popped up over the last day or two. I'll give my thoughts on some of those players. Um, and yes, one of them does include Phil the Thrill. You're going to hear my thoughts on the, the, the man, the myth, the legend, Phil Kessel, coming up in the third segment of today's episode. But before we do that, though, football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro, pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use a mobile device to learn more <clears throat> about the trends and the action. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. Hello, welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Um, because I am an idiot and did not have these loaded up onto my PC, I am loading up the lines for New Jersey. And of course, you know, they're underlying numbers as well. As I said in the first segment, Dougie Hamilton will be back per head coach Lindy Ruff. Um, you know, this is the final time that the Penguins and Devils will meet this season. Jack Hughes is obviously on the top line with Sharon Govich. He's a heck of a player. I think he's only going to continue to get better um, as well. And I think in that last matchup, you know, I, I touched on it a little bit, um, but you can we can really see just how good Jack Hughes has gotten. Um, and this is what, year three for him basically, um, you know, as a rookie, didn't really impress me that much. You know, year two, I'm like, okay, you know, I can kind of see that maybe a breakout is coming. This year, when healthy, I mean, th this kid is a star. Um, you know, he, he's still in his peak years. I know some people didn't really like the contract that he signed. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, that's going to look like a bargain once it's all said and done because this guy, again, he just has so much talent, great offensively, defensively, maybe needs a little bit of work, but he's still not bad there. Um, and, you know, this is a player that I really think New Jersey can build around. Uh, for their future. I think the Devils still have a lot they need to do to get right. They got to surround him with a lot more high-end talent, get better defensively, you know, maybe get a couple goalies in there that can actually stay freaking healthy because as of right now, as I look at left wing walk, uh, it's still John Gillies and Nico Dawes. So I am not too sure um, if Burn, if not either Bernier or Blackwood are going to play on Thursday. I don't think they are. Um, so I, I think right now the Penguins are probably going to see John Gillies again. And he was having a pretty good game a few, a few weeks ago when these two teams played in Newark. Um, he was honestly on his way towards stealing it before the Penguins were able to turn it up a little bit and, and get a couple of goals um, past, you know, the Matheson one. Um, Rust was able to score one. You know, Brian Boyle was able to um, get the decider to make it, I believe it was three to two. Um, and then the Penguins were able to win the game a little later on the third period with the empty netter. I believe that was from Jake Gensel. But, you know, he still played an admirable game. You know, he's a big guy. I believe he's like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, takes up a lot of the net. The Penguins are going to have to, you know, you know, pitch, shoot, shoot wisely, <clears throat> excuse me, I think on him just because of how much of the net he takes up. Nico Heischer on the second line with Pavel Zaka and Jesper Bratt. 
Um, I think Zaka is get, is garnering a lot of trade trade interest, rightfully so. He's been one of their best players this year. Jesper Bratt, I think, has also been really good. I, I would not be shocked if he generates a lot of trade interest too. Adam Boquist, Tomas Tatar, Andreas Janssen, Jimmy VC on the fourth line, Mike McLeod, and then Bastian on the fourth line. So there is, again, a lot to like here with New Jersey, but I still think there are a couple of impact forwards away from really making you know a push for the playoffs. Again, I love Jack Hughes. Nico Heischer, I mean, that's a gorgeous one-two punch. You know, I'm not saying it's like Sidney Crosby getting Malkin over here or Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, or you know, Alex Ovechkin, Nicholas Backstrom. You know, I know they're both of them are not centers like Hughes and Heashier are. I know Backstrom obviously is, but you know, this is still a, a pretty damn good one-two duo. And if they can actually, you know, again, get more talent, they can really start making a push. Jimmy VC, I don't really think is that good. McLeod, Bastian, if they can get a couple better players for their bottom six, that would point them in the right direction. Tatar has really not been good since coming over um, from Montreal. I was a big advocate for the Penguins to sign him over the offseason, but, you know, with how he's playing this year, um, I shouldn't say I, I'm not. I'm glad that they didn't because I think he would be better in Pittsburgh, especially on Evgeny Malkin's line. I mean, when you're playing with players such as Andreas Janssen and Adam Bilquist, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're just you're, you're not going to put up a lot of production. Uh, now, if he was playing a lot with Heeshear and Hughes, maybe that would be a different story, right? But the fact of the matter is, you know, he he just hasn't been the same player this year. And you know, you I, I shouldn't say you should see why Montreal scratched him because I still don't understand why they did that. But you know, he, he definitely I think has more to give. That's for sure. Defensively, um, it'll be Dougie Hamilton on the top pairing with Jonas Siegenthaler, former Washington Capital, Ryan Graves with Damon Severson, and then Ty Smith with P.K. Subban. So there is some to like here with this defensive corps. Obviously, Dougie is one of the 10 best defensemen in the league. Um, if anyone tries to argue that, <clears throat> um, I question your ability to basically evaluate um, defensemen in this league. Damon Severson's been going at it for a long time. He's maybe slipped out just a little bit, but you know he's still – Pretty dang good. Ty Smith is going to be one heck of a player. Ryan Graves was kind of an outcast in Colorado. He really wasn't, I shouldn't say he was the weak link, but you know, he was the player out there that you, you know was just needed more, um, I guess. And the Devils were able to trade for him. And he's been, I guess, decent this year. PK Subban obviously is not who he once was. Um, I do find it weird that they're not putting Ty Smith with Dougie Hamilton on the top pairing. It, it looks like it's going to be uh, Siegenthaler, I've never thought of him as a top pairing defenseman. Um, you know, his underlying numbers is, uh, you know, his overall numbers as well, you know, point to him being a, you know, second pairing, third pairing guy. So to see him on the top pairing, definitely a little weird. I think, you know, at least in my opinion, you know, going to their underlying numbers, they have 50% of the expected goals this year. That's not terrible, but if you go to their actual goals for, um, at five and five, the Devils only have 43% of the actual goals. They have a minus 33 goal differential. They have been on the ice for 51% of the shot attempts overall. That's pretty good in 2,500 minutes um, of ice time. If we look at some more numbers um, over here, their goals for above expected minus 8.25. Um, you know, this is a team that's, you know, they just, again, they, they just haven't scored a lot this year. And, you know, they also haven't gotten good goaltending overall. Their team save percentage at 5v5 is 8.93. Um, that's one of the worst marks in the league. When when any team is below 900, um, they're not getting the job done. And, you know, 
Obviously, it is hard to get the job done when you're down both of your starting goaltenders and Jonathan Bernier and Mackenzie Blackwood. They're basically on their third and fourth string guys right now. I think that's part of the reason why this season has gone off the rails for New Jersey. You know, I've already touched on other reasons. They don't have enough scoring. Um, you know, defensively, I think they, they maybe use one upgrade there, but, you know, they just they got to surround their two big guys with more talent. But, again, when you have that kind of goaltending, you're not going to go anywhere. I don't care what team it is. Honestly, a good comparison there is Seattle because the, the Kraken have talent. McCann's been really good. Everly's been good. Giordano's been awesome. You know, Yarncrook hasn't been bad, but they have one of the worst five-on-five save percentages in the league. It's below 900 because, you know, Grubauer has just been downright awful uh, in Seattle this year. If I can actually find this um, on Money Puck right now, if I can scroll up here, um, let me just take a look if I can find it. Yeah, their save percentage this year. Um, let me just make sure I'm getting this right. Yeah, 893. That's that. That I mean, again, with a team with talent, or at least with some talent, you're not going to win with that with that kind of goaltending. And you know, it's no surprise to see both of those teams. <clears throat> excuse me, at the bottom of the NHL standings. Um, their goals for per 60 to write 2.42. Their goals against per 63.22. So um, they're giving up quite a few goals per game, quite a few chances per game. Um, this is not, you know, a defensively sound team overall, even looking past the defenseman. I have no idea how Lindy Ruff has survived this long in New Jersey. I don't really know what Tom Fitzgerald is waiting for. I do think that they are going to be sellers of the deadline and rightfully so. Um, I will be curious to see who goes. They are. Are they going to move someone like Esper Bratt, Pavel Zaka? You know, just really curious to see what the Devils' plans are for the deadline. But that is a full preview for the game on Thursday. This is a matchup that the Penguins, again, they should win. They're better than them. They've played New Jersey a lot better this year compared to the last few years. You know, they've at least taken two out of three. Time to finish the job and go three out of four and get two much-needed points because Carolina right now is four points up on the Penguins, and they still have a game or two in hand. And of course the Penguins also have the Rangers coming to town this Saturday to BPG Paints Arena. That's just another massive matchup, but you know, we're going to get to that up on Friday when Nick Zoraris of the Upper World GM podcast joins the show. But that'll do it for this second segment of the show. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to get into a couple of trade options that I've seen popped up through the last couple of days uh, and whether or not it makes sense for the Penguins. So stick around for that coming up right after this. All right, so we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, LO underscore Penguins. And, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So I've seen some people throw around the take that the Penguins should be in play for Phil Castle. And I've seen the Penguins link to them. I think it was per um, David Pagnotta of, of the fourth period. I'm actually trying to find um, – did my DMs here with um, Jason because I believe he put uh, Phil Kessel's um, Andy and Mono chart in here. Offensively, he's in the 73rd percentile transition, 88th percent scoring, 62% shot contribution, 65% shooting ability, 43% power play, 31%. He does have 32 points in 48 games. He has six goals, but you know that's the thing. This is supposed to be a pure goal scorer, right? but he only has six goals this year. Yes, I understand he is playing on the Coyotes. They're one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in hockey right up there with Montreal. But 
Kessler has just really fallen off at 5v5. I think a lot of fans are looking at this just as a, I don't know, a homecoming kind of thing or, you know, I'm trying to think of another word um, for, you know, recency bias from a few years ago. But um, I just don't think it makes sense. Um, obviously, you know, my heart would love it because I love Phil Kessel. But in my head, I'm like, no, his numbers aren't what they used to be. His production isn't what it used to be. <clears throat> and remember, you know, him and Malkin started to not get along, I believe, towards the end of the Penguins, um, towards the end of Kessel's tenure. And I think it was also reported that um, he was driving Mike Sullivan crazy as well. So I think Kessel gets traded, though I don't think it's to Pittsburgh. Um, I just, I think there's better players out there that the Penguins can go after. Connor Garland, especially from Vancouver. Um, JT Miller, I've already touched on Brock Besser. Um, I just, you know, I think obviously the Penguins could probably get Kessel for a decent price. And he is still, you know, not a, a bad player, but... I think the ship has sailed on him. I loved what he did for this team for you know numerous years. He brought them to back-to-back Stanley Cups. After that, he was always awesome. But <clears throat> you know, this is not the same player from 2017 and 2018. So um, those are my thoughts, um, at least on Phil. Um, but now, now if we go down to Ricard Raquel, this is per um, Andy Arono. This is data from Natural Stat Trick uh, and Corey Schnazner's uh, Schnazner. Um, his, he does his awesome work on his Patreon. Please go check that out. And I really hope I did not mispronounce um, his last name. That is a hard one to pronounce, but I think I got it. But anyways, gaming to Ricard Raquel. He has 11 goals, 21 points in 39 games a season. 68th percentile for offense, 51% for scoring. Shot, shot contribution, 50%. Defense, 31st percent. Chances, 36. Transition ability, you know, going obviously from defense to offense, 36%. is not good with high danger assists, only 25%. <coughs> excuse me. Um, his recovery is at 21%. Shooting ability, not bad, 78th percentile. Power play, 44th percent. Passing, 38. You know, you, you get the drift. I just, I don't think this would be a good trade. I think a year ago, you could have definitely said, okay, you can give up a first for Raquel. But if the Penguins were to do that, um, it would, we, I think we would be right back where we are right now with Kasperi Kapanen because it was a big price to pay when Rutherford gave up that first. I know Cappy was really good last year, but you know he's turned back into a pumpkin this year, and now that price is that that you know that return that they gave up is looking like holy crap, that's a massive overpayment. And I think if the Penguins were to go out and get Raquel, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, it would basically just be. I, I wouldn't hope for a return like that. I would want it to be something, you know, less. But if the Penguins were to give up something like that, um, it, it would just be, I think, a colossal mistake. Because this is this is not the same player that he used to be. Um, you know, Joe Pavelski, I've already said, I would love if the Penguins can get him. 96th percentile for offense, 77th percentile for defense. Scoring 94%, shooting 87%, passing 95%. Power playability, 85%, play driving, 92. Uh, 19 goals, 48 points in 46 games at the time that Jason sent me this. Um, I'm all for it. If you can go out and get a package deal of him and Braden Holtby and give up whatever, I would be down for it. You, you, I think you get your two biggest needs with that, a capable player to play in your top six outside the Sidney Crosby line, and you get a veteran backup that can actually come in for Tristan Jari when he needs a night off 
and he's probably not going to give a crap if he's on the bench in the playoffs. And you know what? If Tristan falters, so help me God if he does, you can uh, go to a Stanley Cup champion who has had some pretty damn good uh, playoff numbers, to say the least. So I'd be a big fan of that. You know, Connor Garland, again, um, I am also a huge fan of him if I can go find his underlying numbers. I believe it was uh, Mad Chad 412 uh, that tweeted this out. Yeah, this is from Jay Fresh. His projected wins above replacement this right now, 86%. Even strength offense, 73%. Goals per 60, 80%. Primary assists per 60, 96%. Tile, even strength defense, 65%. Penalties drawn, 99%. He has an 80% of, uh, finishing ability. He makes $5 million, um, times for five years. So this, is, this would be... Um, we'd have a lot of term on his deal. He would probably cost a little bit, but he would be a lot of fun to bring over. And I also think that Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin could be had in a trade. So obviously I love Besser. If they could get him, that's great. But if they can't, I'd go get Garland. Um, I know the Vancouver just acquired him. So maybe they'll be like, eh, we don't really know if we want to move him, but you know, is he going to be part of the answer there for that rebuild? I'm not so sure. Wanted to get into some trade talks. Let me know what you all think about some of those targets. You can comment on the YouTube um, page. Uh, tweet me. DM me. You know, just let me know who you think the team should go after, and maybe I'll touch on it on a future episode. So, again, that will wrap up this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to this one. I'll be back with another episode on Wednesday before a full game recap episode coming on Thursday. So I will talk to you all um, tomorrow.